G'day hobbyists, Anthony, AOS coach here, bringing you the very first debut episode of a new show that I hope is going to be very successful. You're going to really enjoy. That is Down Under Sigma. Uh, what is Down Under Sigma? You're probably wondering. It is a opportunity for us in Australia to highlight the cream of the cream, our best players, our events, our tournaments, what's going on in the scene to highlight some of the great hobby. And today, I couldn't be more joyous to who I have on the panel. Um, so introducing first my co-host, so the man who is hopefully going to be on every episode from now until question mark. Um, it is the villain of AOS, Mr. Shadowhammer himself, Liam. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, just pretty much re-getting, putting like my mind back into a place now with work. After CanCon, after that awesome weekend, that's how I've been. And then just been nonstop writing lists ever since I've been back. That's yeah, how I've been, been. It's been pretty crazy. I know I needed uh, the Monday off just to uh, watch the Royal Rumble. I didn't want to talk Age of Sigma. Yes. But but by the kind of like the men's rumble, I was getting pretty bored. So I, I started going to list design. So um, uh, the, the bug has bitten. Um, and Liam is going to be the co-host moving forward. So it's going to be Liam and I. Um, and the man who's already jumped on the stream, a wrestling fan himself, a destruction man at heart, uh, the winner of CanCon 2019, not Adam Burt, it is... Matt Campbell. Hi, guys. <laughs> so excited that you were able to join us. The Rumble. How good was the Rumble? Were you, were you surprised? Becky Lynch, man. That was it. Done. I uh -huh. And no board, idea what talking she about. was awesome as well. Like she's, uh, I love the man. Yeah, the man, the woman, everything. She's awesome. Liam, are you a wrestling guy? Liam? Nah, man, I have no idea what you guys are on about. Like, I <laughs> think I'm like, I've watched like UFC, and like even that was like, I'm like, have no idea what's going on. So, yeah, um, you guys are speaking a whole different language. All right, so Liam's already lost street cred. Uh, I'm sure all the wrestling fans in the chat are going to go crazy because they uh, I'm not going to ruin it just in case people are going to catch up. But uh, Matt, that was awesome. Um, and end of the man, I, I don't know, end of the man's uh, the men's Royal Rumble. Do we enjoy that? Yeah, yeah. I I was hoping for uh, someone else, someone Irish, to come in at the end, but that's only because I'm a big fan of his. So you know, but. The actual winner was pretty cool too. Look, it's been pretty awesome that we went Saturday, Sunday with a massive rumble, you know, 200 odd Age of Sigma players. Then we went into some people in their underpants wrestling in America. So uh, it's been a big weekend of action. Um, but Matt won CareCon. Matt uh, is, a, is a player that's been around for a long time. Um, might do a quick introduction for anyone who doesn't know myself. Liam, I might pass over to you and then... Uh, uh, Matt, you can uh, give us a bit of the rundown of who is the man, the myth, the legend that is Matt Campbell. I don't know if you've got a nickname yet. I reckon I can make up a nickname. I was going to make something up in the middle, but then you might just hang up. So <laughs> if you're new to the channel, uh, I'm Anthony. Uh, you might see me around Twitter, AOS Coach. Uh, not because I'm going to coach you to and I charge you special fees, but I want to bring the best out of Australia and help them go from good to great. Um, you'll see plenty of YouTube videos. Liam's been on one. Matt, you've, you've been earmarked for a corn one. You didn't know it yet, but you've definitely solidified it. 
Um, and this channel is all about getting uh, really good at Sigma and learning from the best of the best, whether it's uh, all of the players in Australia and internationally. So, uh, and I've been playing Sigma far out since since day one, but a back an old school Warhammer fantasy player. Um, that's me in a nutshell. Liam, who are you? Hey, I'm the villain of AOS in Australia. Um, straight up, uh, my tag is well, not tag. My, my Twitter is Shadowhammer. I run a podcast called Shadowhammer, um, where I talk competitive Warhammer. I'm a Sylvan F, well, elf player at heart. I've been playing AOS for three years now, um, since General's Handbook One came out, and yeah, and I've been competitive Sigmaring since then. Really, like I think my first first CanCon that Clint ran was my first ever Warhammer tournament, and I've just been a competitive player since. So it's all because of Clint that I am still playing Warhammer competitively. So Mad props to Clint because I'm the exact same story. Played fantasy back from fourth edition, first event and tournament, and even like outside of like a garage or a games workshop was CanCon. So uh, we're going to give plenty of props to CanCon. I can see people like Gemma Shepherds in the chat as well who was a massive person that helped enable CanCon um, and gave up her weekend as well as many other people. But uh, I think between Liam and I, you're going to have a great uh, view on Sigma, whether it's community, hobby, conversion, painting, gaming, tournaments, uh, narrative. I think you're going to get a pretty good mix. Um, I, think, I think we both do all that stuff in one, and even like we play competitive Warhammer, and we also do pretty cool conversions and hobby. So, And we also know people who we might be bringing on who are do awesome paint jobs. So yeah, so it's a lot to look forward to on this show. And we've got one already on here. Not only is he a great painter, not only is he a great player, not only is he a legend. So Matt, who is Matt Campbell? So despite Anthony's kind words there, I definitely focus more on the gaming than I do the painting. I love the hobby, but I've got that common affliction of shaky hands as Liam will know about my photography as well. Um, so I try my best with the painting. I'm definitely getting better at it. But since AOS dropped a little bit before that, I played a bit of seventh once I got back into the hobby, but pretty much straight away. AOS dropped. I became obsessed with destruction. Played that for like a solid year and a half before starting the corn for 2017 Masters, I think was the first outing for them. Um, and then I've sort of played corn competitively since then. Destruction's always been like my fun army that I'll go back to. So yeah, I again like Clint and Liam. CanCon, the first one that Clint ran for AOS, was my first major tournament. Um, and I've pretty much been hooked on the tournament scene ever since then because just that was such a great introduction to it. Met so many cool people like the heralds like the queenslanders initially and then in the last year we've had people from all over australia come in and the community has grown so well and then just this last one we've had internationals from new zealand and stuff who have really helped kick the scene on even further so i'm just loving it at the moment and can't wait to see what's next for us yeah and you have you you know i've played I've played you at the Masters. I've attended many events with you, um, RCGT, BreezeCon. Um, there's been so many events that um, – so this is not just your one and only event. You're you're quite no. a um, a regular on the tournament scene. Is that right? Yeah, I try and get to all of them that I can. Um, I think initially we were travelling a lot for tournaments uh, just because 
the it wasn't so prevalent all over Australia and so you had to sort of take what you could get but now I sort of travel for the bigger ones I can get especially if it's something different from what I can get in Sydney um but events like well you both had tournaments last year and of course we have um Chris Welfare runs a big tournament from Mortally Wounded and they're all in Sydney so I definitely make sure I get to all of those and I get to as many around Australia as the wallet will allow me to while also filling up on plastic crack. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, Liam, were you going to say something? I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure first year, me and Matt, we did, I feel like if we just, I think we did three trips to Brisbane in the end. Yeah, did, at least, man. We, we did BrizCon, RCGT, and then we had Masters. So we like, I remember first year we had to travel heaps for tournaments because I think Sydney, we only had one tournament, which was Sydney Slaughter. And mm. the rest was um one day is at the Games Cube, and that was it. So, and then last year we had myself and Magro's event, which we both didn't play. Me and Magro, we both didn't play on either of our events because we were toing. And then, yeah. yeah, we had a few more events, but um I think this year I think you'll see that we don't have to travel as much, so which would be cool because I think everyone like um so many people are now just running their own events, which is really cool to see the scene grow that much. That. Instead of just having four events on the calendar, I think we have over 12 already. Yeah. And so later in the session, we're going to talk about some of the events. And I can see uh, on Twitter, there's some uh, fun beef between the uh, the Dwellers Below guys and, um, and the Heralds of War guys who are running an event on the exact same day. And they're, they're throwing shade at each other, trying to get people in. So um, I think we're in a pretty good place. I think anyone who watched the Honest War Game stream would see the fun, the craziness. And I know uh, Robin, Robbo and Nathan... Um, have, have walked away, blown away with the craziness that is um, our scene. But I think we're in a good place. Um, I think um, we've got some really cool players. We've got some really good um, events going on. So, um, yeah, absolutely loving it. Nice. Couldn't agree more. Exactly. And this is why we got Matt on. So um, so he could just agree with what I say. Um, uh, <laughs> the, the bank transfer has already occurred. So uh, just give it three to five business days. If you ever need someone just to be massively positive about the Australian AOS scene, go to Liam for the negative stuff and then come to me when you just want a sick event. I've been so positive for the past three weeks, let me be. Liam's been good. He's been <laughs> like a recovering alcoholic limp. Yes. Like Hello, it's man. been 20 days since my last Twitter rant. Nah, no, uh, Facebook rant I haven't had in a while. Twitter rant. I haven't. I think my last rant was about Grimgus Reapers, but yeah, no, I love it. Look, look, we're getting close to CanCon. I know we want to talk about it. And instead of, like, I'm going to quickly move us along from from Liam. He's been on his good behaviour. Uh, maybe maybe the viewers here can be my my Liam police. If they see Liam acting up, I can kind of slap him uh, or or give him a bit of a band stick, and I'll replace him with I don't know Matt. Maybe um, <laughs> you are the winner That's of CanCon. Just a power play. Yeah, it's okay. like, like I'm gonna like, like hey hey Liam, get me some like like a bully at school, like hey get me some lunch. He's like, no, yeah, it's man. great. Me and Magro are gonna have an awesome AOS and wrestling podcast. It's gonna be the only one in the world. Don't steal our ideas, internet. I am so <laughs> triggered right now. So, so and Danny Carroll saying be nice to Liam. So 
I can see we got some good, good. Uh, give some shout outs. We got Denny Carroll. We got Horace. We got we got my man crush Seth in here. We've got um, we've got Gemma. We've got James Mabry. There's a whole bunch of people in the chat. So get ATU legends. But I want to talk CanCon. I'm so excited. Had such a great weekend. I want to throw it to you boys first, Matt. How was your CanCon? Other than the the, the massive victory you achieved. It was awesome. I I knew it was going to be awesome, though. It's always awesome. I went down there. Gen genuinely, the target was like best corn was like I would have loved that or top fifty because I thought it was going to be a bit of like a just roulette job. You know, you could get one bad matchup and then that messes it up for you. So that was I wasn't feeling like overly competitive going into it. Uh but really, CanCon for me was just I I work in retail, so like the Christmas like back to school period was super stressful, and like CanCon was like this shining beacon of a guys' weekend away, and it was just going to be really cool and sociable, which it was. And then obviously I had a massive perk by the end of it. But yeah, that that was that's what it is for me every year is like a chance to catch up with everyone because you get some people going to some tournaments some going to others and then we had stuff like the caratel on the friday night there where it's just pretty much everyone i know from the aos scene was there and it's just getting to see people you haven't seen for like a couple months and catch up yeah, yeah. sounds awesome yeah no I, I i agree and the, and the cool thing about i guess all three of us is we've been here since the start of Sigma for CanCon. So yeah. we were but we were all playing uh, 2017 uh, when it was 50-odd players. Then we saw the growth into the 110 players 2018. Then we've seen it double to, it was to over 220, but then it kind of dropped to the, the low 190s or mid-190s uh, by the time dice were rolled. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, then, and then next year we'll be there when there's 440. Isn't that right, Clint? 440. Make it 400, Clinton. Make it 400. Make it I was watching the chat panel to see if Gemma, what Gemma has to say. She might be like, I'm out. I'm not assisting TOing. I'll play for <laughs> 440. 440. Let's do it. So we're just going to have to have like 50 assistant TOs next year. Hashtag 440. We'll get some Hashtag of the 40K players who want to learn the game. Like they can assist. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure that's already happening because I'm pretty sure a lot of the people now are coming from 40K. But yeah. Um, yeah, like that's, I'm pretty sure when I, like what Matt said was pretty cool, how like it is literally CanCon is a beacon of hope of being like, that is an awesome weekend away in the pretty much Christmas break. You just look forward to it. So yeah. By the way, Gemma said 500. So Gemma. 500, yes. Gemma, Gemma being yes. the, uh, the voice of our community has said uh, 500. So Clint, when you watch this, uh, congratulations, you're going to be <laughs> running a 500 player event. Yeah, Gemma's idea, not ours. Yeah, we said 400. We were being nice. Yeah. So we all had a good weekend. We had um, the barbecue on the Friday, which was a opportunity. Doom and Darkness had um, organized a hall and a barbecue, and uh, Luke Dadhammer had, had uh, cooked all for us. So uh, massive props. So for the people who didn't tend the barbecue, what, what did the barbecue look like, boys? The best nerd hangout ever is probably the best way to describe it. Like, I'm pretty sure I remember just like walking up, we just finished Tasman Cup, which we'll talk about another day, walk up and there was just legends after legends left, right and center. 
um, and it was super friendly and there was just drinks flowing, um, food was eaten and then everyone just talked about just like what they're doing with the hobby and just talked about other cool stuff, which was cool. Like, um, and everyone's talking about like what their goals are and stuff in the, like for CanCon um, and getting to meet people that you used to like probably talk to online or see online, which was cool. That's what I liked about it. And it was just like, and then we had this one epic family photo at the end, which just looks like awesome fun. I don't know if anyone else disagrees with me, but. No, it, it was super cool. It was like every two steps you run into someone who you haven't seen for a while, but you always get on great with. And, you know, it's it's like meeting up with 50 old friends all at the same time. It's super cool. It's just really hard getting to the fridge to go get a great to go get another drink. Yeah, that was a challenge. I actually used my best networking skills to make sure that I didn't get bogged down with one person and, you know, politely say I need to move on. Not that I don't enjoy talking to you, but with with so many people there, I wanted to make sure that I said hello to the Queensland people, to the all these people like the the dwellers of below guys who I've I've been talking to on Twitter for some time now. Um, you know, the, the New Zealand guys, there's so many people that kind of come together. It was really nice to break the ice and formally meet people. And it made the Saturday morning so much easier uh, because you might, you may have spoken to that person when you got matched up. Uh, did you guys yeah. feel the same? I Yeah. Ooh, yeah sorry, you go, Lim. No, you go. Winner goes first. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was super cool because um, – they posted up first round matchups while we were there. And so one of, and it felt like the few people I hadn't met yet was my first round opponent, um, Elizabeth. And she came over, introduced herself, super outgoing, super nice. And like that just like was awesome because I got to spend the night just being like, cool, I've already met my opponent for tomorrow. She seems awesome. Spoiler alert, she was awesome. And so that just immediately takes, you know, you know you're at least going to have a cool morning tomorrow. So that was like a really good element of it. You know, great night at Canberra's premium, best ever two-star holiday location. Yeah. If you're looking for sleep, this is not the place to go. Uh, but if you're looking for good times and hanging out with all the cool kids and you get on your balcony and there's, you know, uh, the doom and darkness, uh, you know, for, and this South Australian crew, and then two cabins down, you've got Clint, and you've got uh, the Honest War Gamer crew, and then to the right, you've got uh, Seth and uh, Dan from AOS Shorts and all the Kiwis, and like literally like the who's who of, of Sigma, uh, and then you've got the hall where everyone's having a barbecue. This is uh, the place to be. It was awesome. I, I would say if we're doing it again next year, if you're coming down to CanCon next year, we'll make sure we tell more people, like, tell other people about it but like it was honestly an awesome hangout um yeah i could not fault that night so shout out to doom and darkness for running an awesome barbecue and thanks again luke for making probably the most delicious sausages ever especially when i was heavily intoxicated and uh we've been told uh is this before or after you got carried to bed liam uh this is way <laughs> before i got carried to bed. i forgot that that happened yeah I also shout out to Dan Brewer for walking me back to my Airbnb, which I have not been yet. So that was good. Or else I would not, I would have slept in my car. That would have yeah. been, that's what would have happened. Jet, Jet's saying how great the Airbnb was. So it must have been incredible. Um, it, was, it was great playing Secret Hitler. Uh, let, let's move along from that one. I don't want, I don't want this channel, but I don't want this channel being turned into an MA15 plus. Um, 
Let's talk armies. Before we get into our actual games, and we've already spoken about the awesomeness that is Elizabeth, what did we bring? What did Matt, what did you bring? Arms. So as I, I bought what I like to call Blades of Corn, uh, what AOS Shorts like to refer to as Gore Pilgrim's Allegiance. Um, so <laughs> that was really cool because it pretty much cut straight to the list. Uh, so I had a Wrath of Corn Thirster, a Bloodthirster of Insensate Rage, a Bloodstoker, two Slaughter Priests and a Blood Secretor. Then I had uh, two units of ten Blood Reavers, uh, one unit of five Blood Warriors, a unit of ten Skull Reapers, ten Flesh Doggos, and the Gore Pilgrims Battalion. Um, and then, as is only proper with such a bloodthirsty, despoiling army, we were from the realm of life. For no reason in particular, it may have been Gear Strike. Mm. Very interesting. So I get a lot of, there's a lot of blood in those names, I have to say. Yeah, blood, skull, any combination of those, I think... Flesh is the only other one that appears in the War Scrolls. Uh, but, yeah, pretty much every unit in my army had some variation or combination of those three words. Yeah. Um, how long were you... Um, so this list, was this like a new list or was it like an old list that you've been... Like a new list that you've written up or an old list that you were carrying around or practicing? Well, I, I played the corn for a while. So I feel like a lot of the time when you play an army for so long, it's you rarely like completely overhaul the army, especially when it's been doing well and you enjoy it already. Yeah. But it's sort of like a natural evolution of the army. So at Masters, rather than the Flesh Hounds and the Skull Reapers, Masters was like the last big tournament I'd gone to before CanCon. Um yeah, rather than the 50 blood letters that I had in that list, because whether they got better or worse is a point of some argument. Um, I would say worse, but, you know, there are arguments for either side. I would say that they didn't work as well the way I play my corn. Yeah. Um, and so they became 10 flesh hounds, which were really cool and versatile. And the murder train of ten skull reapers who just and flesh hounds can also dispel. Right? Sorry, flesh hounds can also dispel. Flesh hounds can dispel and re-roll to dispel when yeah. they're very close to a corn hero. So that was super useful because for quite a few of my games on the weekend, especially, I was pretty able to shut down my opponent's magic phase yeah. using things like that, and then. The Wrath of Cornthirst has got a super cool unbind, and the Blood Scrater makes you reroll successful casts. So you just make it harder for like wizard armies. So it's called Toolbox Army, pretty much. You got an answer for most things. Yeah, you make it harder for those armies, and also so many of those armies rely on that one spell going off yep. to make everything work. Like that's the start of their combo, and if they don't get that off, the combo's in trouble. And so I think anytime you can sort of disrupt your opponent's plans, or even if you don't disrupt them, make you think there's a chance you're going to disrupt them, and you'd be amazed at how weirdly they start acting. 
Yeah. Like they suddenly throw the whole plan out the window and do something crazy. Okay, cool. When you were building the list, Matt, were you preparing for any particular armies or did you have a meta idea in mind? Did you expect there would be lots of death or lots of a particular army or like what was coming together in your mind when building this list? Um, so it was mainly like the top tier armies I was thinking. So Aussie meta. So I was thinking Caradron are obviously always going to be on the top table. Um, Got to watch out Caradron? for Caradronians. Yeah, man, just that Aussie top tier meta. Got to watch for it. Caradron um, was almost well, at the top. Let's, like, let's not joke about Cancron. Cancron from SA, <laughs> he almost Cancron. was at the top. So yeah, um, good on him had a cracking game. Love I think that. it was game five or game six against um, uh, Dave. Swift Talk agents, that's a scary meta. Got to watch out for them Swift Talk, yeah. They've got to get the mail there. Shout out to Paul Grixity, absolute hero. He was 3-0 and at the, at the end of game uh, day one. So, Good on him. He was worrying uh, everyone. Jeez. He was freaking me out. He was actually staying at my cabin, and I'm <laughs> and like I think Rob Symes had posted that Swift Talk agents was on the stream for game three. And I think my response to Rob was, really? Really? <laughs> but uh, it was awesome. I think we saw some really interesting armies. We saw Luke um, Luke Dadhammer with his um, uh, Scourge Privateers on the stream. We obviously saw Deepkin versus um, Stevens. I think he had Stormcast. So we had some really interesting matchups. But you in particular, you were obviously preparing for the meta and you were thinking about lots of magic going on and lots of different like the different types of armies when you're obviously building this list? Yeah, serious answer. I was obviously aware that Daughters of Cain, I haven't played them much, but I, I was aware of what I sort of needed to be able to do to shut down a lot of their combos. Um, I was aware that, you know, obviously you've got to prepare for death these days with Grimgast spam and having a way to kill that general, which is so key. Yeah. That's why the Skull Reapers needed to stay in the list because so many of those armies, you'll see a Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon with Ethereal Amulet, and then he'll have a Mystic Shield on him. So three up, ignoring Rend, re-rolling ones for those armor save tests. Unless you're doing some sort of Mortal Wounds, you're just not killing that thing. Yeah. And so that's why the Skull Reapers were in that list because I knew that if he came to me, I needed to be able to pull him in and just smash him off with the Skull Reapers, and then we'd be okay. Um, who else was I looking for? Uh, so the Extreme of Reavers is in their A to score objectives, but also B so I could have another unit of 10 to block off the sides from things like Morsar, Eels coming on the side of the table cool. and the back of the table. I think if you plan to do well at a tournament, not even to win it, but just do well, you've got to be aware that there are going to be certain armies who you probably will have to deal with. I managed to dodge some of them. I didn't manage to dodge all of them. Uh, I played quite a bit of legions and uh, definitely had my run in with daughters of Cain for the weekend. So you have to prepare for these things if you want to do well at a tournament. Here's a, another good question for you. What was in your summoning pool? Cause corn has summoning for free. So what was on the side for your summoning pool? Just so you had like a different toolbox. So summoning pool, I, I will more often use it late game yep. than early game. Because early game, 
you know, it's a bit more crowded. It's hard to get it within 12, wholly within 12 of your hero and nine away from your enemy. So I don't have big units in my summoning pool. I want to summon lots of small ones and use, you know, blood tithe pretty much every turn. So I had, uh, I think, 30 blood letters were in my pool, but I think the most I ever did was 10. Um, I had one of each of the small heroes. So I had a Herald on Juggernaut and a Herald on Foot because I knew we were playing three places of power. So they were going to be useful there. Um, And last but not least, the main thing that I was summoning that weekend and any corn players out there, they are the best thing to have in your summoning pool are even the flesh hounds, mainly because they can do attacks, they can do damage on their own. There are even their five, so they will score on those objectives. But the main reason is because on their war scroll, they can re-roll their charge rolls. And so if you're setting something up nine away, you don't even have to spend a command point to get that re-rollable nine-inch charge. So that is that's what I summoned most of the time. And also because I love flesh hands. And they can also do a, another unbind. Which is cool. Yeah, so in your opponent's next turn, even if you don't get that charge off, you still got to roll that unbind, and it's obviously going to be pretty close to their army a lot of the time. Yeah. So it, they're just a good toolbox unit. That's why one of the big corn lists you'll see at the moment is a blood hunt, where they spam uh, units of flash hounds because you cool. get loads of unbinds. They're not something that needs to be buffed. They'll just do work against your opponent's units. So if you're planning a corn summoning pool, flesh hands on flesh hands on flesh hands, I'd say. Yeah, we're lucky they've got great models as well. So Yeah, some new yeah. ones. Cool. So cool. before before we get into the games, Liam, what were you running for the people who are unaware? I was running uh, Winterleaf, um, Sylvaneth, but no Frostheart Phoenix or Lariel. Um, I had a Durthu with Warsinger, so plus one charge, and he had a uh, Gear Strike. Yes, I am from the Realm of Life, and it was just for Gear Strike. It was on so my you're list. So you're both a Gear Strike, Realm of Life, friends in the Mortal Realms. Yeah, so yeah. Not, like, so pretty much my blood fir- his blood first and my Durthu went to the same shop. Um, so, yeah. They, well, that, they got a two-for-one deal. Yeah, two-for-one, pretty much. Like it was a Groupon thing. Yeah. They so got like, a coupon. Yeah, like, exactly. like, like that shop in this in Shayish that sells all the uh, ethereal amulets. amulets. It's like Aldi of uh, Shayish. He's yeah. been doing so well lately. That shop owner. Oh I heard his God. stocks. I heard his stocks have gone up, which is great to hear. Mind you, yeah. his car park is crazy with all of those zombie dragons in it. Oh, people yeah, are just yeah. parking. Yeah. People are just parking where where you used to get doppelganger cloaks from. But um, that poor yeah. guy got shut down like two months ago. Uh, yeah. He's relocated to a smaller <laughs> shop. But okay. Liam, what else do you have on your list? Um, and I got two branch race, one with Acorn and one with Randy Cemetery. The one with Randy Cemetery had better blessing to summon more wildwoods. Uh, Randy Cemetery gives plus two to cast. Um, and then and then I have Acorn of Ages for a free wildwood. And then I got a branch witch there for a branch witch bomb. And I got two units of 30 dryads, two 10 dryads, and six kind of hunters with scythes. And then after that, I have. Yeah, Forest Folk, Winterleaf as my battalions. And then I got um, Pendulum, Spell Portal, Bailwind, and Cogs. 
And the list can be played on either defensive or offensive, which is what I really liked. So yeah, love it. And if anyone's wondering what I'm 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 playing um, or was playing, uh, I had taken the Gloom Spike Gits. Um, so I had taken the Loon King, um, which is a super fun, awesome model that I'm sure we can talk about um, as the games progressed. Uh, I took a Mangler Squig, the Loon Boss on Mangler Squig, a Trogoth Hag. Um, I had taken um, sixty Grots. I'd taken uh, 20 Grots and a Squig Herd. I'd taken the Shooting uh, Squig Gobber, uh, Colossal Squig, and Mork's Mighty Mushroom, which is the endless spell, the, the nuclear mushroom. So, Such uh, a cool model. Yeah, it's a good model. It, it probably betrayed me a little bit, and it's being culled um, in, <laughs> in my Adepticon list at the moment. So, um, But, uh, yeah, it was a really good run for the, for the Moon Clan and the Gloom Spite. Um, and seeing that theory hammer kind of playing out. So, um, did any of you guys get to play a Gloom Spite army at CanCon? Yes, I, I did. Well, I'm lucky. I versus Grimgush Reapers. Hate them. Lame. I played Luke's uh, Gloom Spite, and they were awesome. They kicked my butt. We didn't quite get to finish our game, so it was probably like. The score ended up a bit more in my favor than it would have been. If we'd gone to five turns, it would have been, like, stupid close. But one unit of Fanatics, one unit of Loon Smashers, went into 30 Wounds of Skull Reapers and did 29 damage to them. And it was one of those moments where I'm, like, trying to look happy for him and being like, wow, aren't Gloom Spite wacky? But in my head, I was, like, screaming. Did, did he teleport them behind your line, or was it just legit come out of come out of the unit and punch you in the face? He didn't teleport behind my line, but he did the hand of gork thing and just they're so good. Anyone who doesn't have loon smashes in their list, if you've got units of grots, get them in. They are so so good. Yeah, the um the the fanatics had definitely changed their role. They got dropped out of my list. Uh, because they don't counter the charge anymore, but uh, mm. they are quite powerful. Uh, I think there's a really nice build. Um, so, Matt, you've played Corn for a while. Liam, you've played Sylvaneth for a while. Let's talk about the event. Let's talk about CanCon. Let's start at the top, round one. Matt, you've already told us you got to play um, Elizabeth Lockhart. She was running. Tell us about the game. So, Elizabeth, super cool. Um, she was really nice. She was playing Legion of Blood uh, with Nephi as the general. She had Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon. Sorry. One second. One second. Best Mortark. Just want to lay that out there. Best no, Mortark. she's not. Yeah, she is. Anyways, keep going, Matt. Vlad's still a Mortark to some of us, Liam, and he is so much cooler. But we will leave it there. Um, also, not Manfred. So you don't hey, like Manfred. Hey, hey. Matt, uh, Liam, if you want to be included in future episodes, Manfred is is God. In okay. in death, in death, Sigma is still the best. Sorry, oh, Matt. Well. Liam rudely interrupted you about telling us how Manfred was the best. Tell us more about Elizabeth's army. So I said vampire lord on zombie dragon. I could not have been more wrong. It was a vampiress lady on zombie dragon. That was a super cool conversion. A lot of character to that model. Um, she had a massive unit of 40 skellies. And, like, as soon as you see a Legion's army with a big death unit that has the summonable keyword, 
you're like, oh, uh oh. Um, but yeah, that was in there. It it was like it was super cool because it was a non fifty Grimgast. Like, check this out. Played two Legions armies on the weekend. Both of them super cool generals. Didn't fight a single Grimgast Reaper. Oh, work, drop Matt that Elizabeth. That is what we want to see. Um, yeah, so it was just a super cool theme Legions of Blood list. Um, I think the game wasn't as close as it could have been just because for the first of two times that weekend, my um, Bloodthirster of Insensate Rage got a longer charge off than he had any right to <laughs> and managed to go into Nephi on my first turn. What's, what's, and, what type of distance are we talking? Are we talking like 10? Like long shot? Like she was 12 us, inches away. Tell, tell us when to stop. Like, well, I don't know. But what, whatever 12 inches is, Lim. Um, but, yeah, it was a long charge. Managed to got it, get it off because he had plus four to charge. But he just managed to pile into the skelly, uh, to charge the skellies, but then pile in round the side. To get within range of Nephi. Um, he blew up. This was his best explosion at the weekend, too. He did 12 mortal wounds to everything within range. Shit. And so Nephi didn't even get to take armor saves. She just blew up. <laughs> and so that that was massive. Um, one more thing I should mention about the list that I think I also may have blown up at that time was uh Elizabeth's Coven Throne. That thing is super cool. That oh. uh, beguile spell that it has. So strong. If I was doing a legions list, beguile and the coven throne would be in my list for sure. The it's, coven throne's command ability is freaking strong. Yeah, it's rerolls, hits, it wound, wound saves. saves. Yeah. Of one, yeah. Oh, you chuck that on a vampire on zombie dragon or a vampiris on zombie dragon. And that thing just will go ham on you and will not die. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a really cool list. I managed to grind it out in the end. But um, like I alluded to before, that vampire lady, she smashed through my army and I only just brought her down on the last turn. Well, since that was a, a win? Yeah, got up. No, that was a loss. <laughs> Liam, how was your first game? Uh, my first game was absolutely amazing because I versed a Beth and she had big dinosaurs and she wanted to roll dice and I was so up for that. Um, she just had, I think it was like a, it was a star hose where it's all about the Saurus. Like I never see Saurus anymore. It's just skinks usually. So seeing all the Saurus was just awesome. Um, I tried to explain to her that skinks are amazing, but she says, no, skinks don't do any damage. And I was like, cool. Um, yep, yeah, fair point. Um, but yeah, so, uh, pretty much, uh, just got a rolling dice. I got, I got a win by the end of it, but like she did some stuff that not a lot of people did over the weekend, which was kill 30 dryads. Like no one could kill 30 dryads. And she just went in and just went cool. My big dinosaurs, my bacillus, like my stegodon, my troglodon, my slant, everyone's just going to kill these dryads. And she did. And her ripodactyls just went ham. So uh, she got a huge thumbs up from me for killing 30 Dryads and a few other things. Like, she went killing. She killed two Chrono Punters. Like, 
yeah, I, I actually love that game. And she's a great opponent, and she got my best game. Yeah. Awesome. That was a, a win? Yeah, that's a win. All right. What about you, what about you Magro? It's 2-0 at the moment. So we've both got wins. I got to play. I got grudged by uh, Luke Dadhammer Stone uh, on Warhammer Weekly. So in the chat, he was uh, throwing some – some. he challenged me, and um, I went down. It was a super interesting list. So um, he was running the Scourge Privateers under Anvil Guard. And uh, what made this list really interesting is he ran a double battalion, which basically encompasses uh, a combination of a Charybdis, um, at least one up to three chariots, uh, a whole bunch of uh, of his pirate elves. I um, can't remember what their names are. Uh, and then a fleet master. So he's got this double battalion. And what it allows you to do is either move in your hero phase uh, or shoot or, or I think attack in your, your hero phase. Uh, and he's got like four four fleet masters running around. And um, what's really interesting is that um, his benefits allow him to reroll hits and reroll wounds. So very very interesting army. When then you factor in, um, and, and what Luke did to me was a perfect strategy where uh, top of turn one uh, he ran, got on top of the objective on the hero phase move. Um, because it was his hero phase move, he had some short range shooting. So about I think it's about twelve inches. Uh, and then I think his, his units of 40 are just doing like 80 shots a piece. So um, really wore me down before I got into combat. And um, ultimately, I didn't have enough to uh, to take him out. So the, I went down as a loss. Super interesting game. Um, got to teleport 60 grots behind his line for the lols. Uh, but some things that needed to go off didn't go off. But uh, it was a really good uh, learning experience um, against Luke. So... That went down. All right, submarine. So that yeah, that was a whole plan. I'm like Luke. Luke wants to uh, to tell the world how how great Scourge Privateers are, even though he's running Anvil Guard. So I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tunnel. I'm gonna go from the bottom and, and work my way up. So, so currently we're two one. Yeah. Matt, game two. Second, I thought oh. There comes my run to an end because I went up against Daughters of Cain. I'd never played Daughters before, but I'd heard some not nice things about them. So this army happened to belong to Loki, and he was running Calibron as the temple. So yep. what's worse than 30 witch elves running at you? It's teleporting at you instead. Um, <laughs> as if they weren't quick enough. Uh, this game, I thought maybe it was like I got a bit overconfident after the first turn because my Bloodthirster managed to sort of hero run across the board and Lockie hadn't put a command point aside. And so I was able to blow up with my Insensate Rage for six. But what that did was catch two hags with the explosion. And so they both died and then his big unit of witches died. And that was huge. Um, I should say with Lockie's list, he had two of the big cauldron oh, yes. thingies. Yeah. Um, he also had some uh, Blackguard, the uh, the old oh, Dark yeah. Elf. Yeah, the elite spearmen there. They were absolute nails in cover. Um, yeah. But it was sort of a question of, I got up in the game early. 
uh, and then the cauldrons and the remaining witches and the doomfire warlocks all fought my army. But ultimately, I was able to burn off two of his objectives with my bloodthirsters and then just wait till I got to a point where I could burn the other objectives. Yeah. While he only had one of his objectives left, I just had to get to that lucky number of nine. Yeah. Um, and then I knew he, with his one remaining objective, he couldn't actually win from that point. Solid. So that that was the key bit. And then I sort of ground him off from that point once it became clear that, you know, he, we were just playing for kill points and secondaries, basically. Solid. Yeah, so, so super close game. So major? Yeah, got it. Yeah. Solid. Um, sick. Yeah, what is it? My game. Um, by the way, quick question. So you play Calibron. Um, so what are your thoughts on Doors of Cain after that? So that was your first experience. I think they're super duper strong. I, I'm aware that Hagnar is probably the most efficient of the temples because it's good, sort of good, helped good, make... word, good, good word choice. Not, not yeah, much. <laughs> yeah. Efficient. Um, because it sort of makes them really powerful. In, well, it keeps them powerful in combat, but then they become unkillable. Um, I I super like the list, to be honest. I thought it retained that super strength that Daughters of Cain have, while the Calibron sort of bought a cool mechanic that was sort of more interesting than I'm just going to keep rolling dice until you do no damage to me anymore. Or just move forward and just, yeah, move forward. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I, I thought... Once people step outside that sort of obvious choice for Temple, I think the book could be really cool and fun. Yeah, sick. Um, cool, so that was a win. Um, so pretty much, what is it? I was playing Dave Hurley. Now, long story short, me and Dave Hurley, every event that we go to together, so he's a Canberra guy, absolute champ. Every time we go to an event together, we always somehow get matched up, just always somehow get matched up. Uh, we got matched up at the first Sydney Slaughter with when he had Clan Sky with my Sylvaneth, and I got a major win out of that. Then we played at the team event at Moab in the same year. He had Clan Sky again, and I had my Flesh Eaters, and I got a win out of that. This is the third time we've turned up to a tournament and we got matched up. And I'm not going to lie, he was I don't think he was all that happy that he got paired up with me because he knew that like it was going to be a tough game. He's having flashbacks. Um, He's having nightmares like he was in Vietnam, just like remembering <laughs> uh, flares yeah. coming out of his face. He's remembering trees as his Scryer popped up and... Uh, yeah. you know, stuck in the woods and it's like, you don't you know. Cause you weren't there, man. Yeah, pretty much. And then he, then, so he so and I saw his list and the first thing I saw was Grim Gush Reapers. I was like, there goes my run. I am not going to get this at all. Um, he had Arcan the black. Um, what else he had? Arcan the black, a vampire Lord and zombie dragon with a ethereal, ethereal amulet. He's going to LD. He's gone to Audi. He got his Ethereum amulet for free. Bar no, for two dollars. Bargain. Um, and then he had twenty gram gas doggos. He had two years of six spirit hosts, um, which do a lot of work. Um, they're a very annoying tar pit to deal with. And he had a necro as well. Um, but this scenario, um, since we haven't mentioned scenarios, this scenario was better part of Valor, which is my least favorite scenario because games like this can happen where I was about to win the game in 15 minutes. Um, and he didn't even get a turn yet. 
all I had to do was my unit of 30 dryads to my left, had to, everyone else is like pretty much redeployed, ready to charge. Two units of 30, one unit of 30 on my right, one unit of 30 on my left, and Jeffrey in the middle, buffing them all up. Cogs went off, speeding up time. And these dryads, all they had to do is make a six inch charge rerolling, and they failed. Um, and I just stood there and I was like, shit. And then Dave Hurley's face just like had the biggest grin on his face because <laughs> he knew, because he knew that this game was going to go for a bit longer than the 15 minutes was going to go for an hour. Um, and an hour. Yeah. yeah. It only went for an hour. Still not great. Oh, well, he killed them. Grimgush Reapers would do the work. Um, so yeah, he made me work for it in the end. I got first turn. I burnt his two objectives, one in the middle, one on the right. Um, and then he kept threatening my bottom right one. He, in the end, got my bottom left because the Grimgust Reapers flew over and killed the unit of 10 Dryads. I was holding it. Um, and yeah, so he, he started doing some work and, but in the end it was a major win because I won an important priority. Um, and Jeffrey and Colonel Hunters just went in and just kept churning through whatever got thrown at them to get to where Arcan was, which was holding the left objective. Um, he had one model, I had two, so I got it at the bottom of turn, or top of turn three, or bottom of turn three, and that got me a major win because I just burnt the rest of the objectives. So um, if Dave Hurley's listening, champion of a guy, and I'm sorry, but that was another win for me, um, we will have another game. Um, but yeah, I just don't like that scenario. That's just me. I'm not a huge fan of it because you can have games yeah. like that where you could finish it in 15 minutes and not give them a game. Um so yeah, like even though I got a win, everyone's like, oh, you should be happy with that scenario. It's a good win. I'm like, no, there's no, no skill involved really. In my opinion, it's a very much move forward and try and kill your opponent turn one as quick as you can. So yeah. Yeah, super solid point. One thing before I forget, I did Elizabeth a disservice earlier because I thought it was one of the cool things about her list. Her Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon did not come equipped with an ethereal amulet. Because Nephi has a spell that gives uh, a death unit the ethereal amulet. She gave her vampiris Ignax scales. And so at the start, when I said, wins. I'm going to rely on my skull reapers to do mortal wounds to those things, she was ignoring the mortal wounds too. And that's why it took so long. So anyone taking legions of blood, that Nephi? combo is insane. Nephi and Egrax, cool. Yeah, I, you just it just doesn't die. And the Coven Throne to give those reroll one saves. Like it's just like, oh cool, I've only got to deal with a four up, six up, six up if I'm doing mortal wounds, or a three up rerolling one ignoring rend, followed by a six up, six up if I'm you know, doing actual damage. See, so she, that, she, that she gave difficult. Egrax scales to the Vamp Lord, right? Yeah, yeah Vampire yeah, had cool. Ignax scales. So it, it, that one, they, they ignore mortal wounds on a four up. Is that right? Yeah. So I so didn't want to derail where we were going, but so, I thought that was super cool. But she had a four up, then six up. So that Vampire Lord was not going to die, and once per game can heal D6. Yeah. yeah and she parked it near Mystical. Oh. So even more. And if she was on an objective with Mystical right next to it. And she takes pinions. She can also do some damage and bring some life back to the vampire lord and heal as well. So um, that's Honestly. that's pretty solid. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So but game, Mad game two. Three. Yeah, game, game two. two. 
game two, two for Mag. So that's probably a really good point, guys. Um, so game one was, um, so we were playing Realmscape features. So round one, we played three places of power in Hayish. So we played um, uh, Dazzling Glow was the Realmscape feature. So we had the command ability, the spell, and it was randomly generated uh, which of the Realmscape features. So um, you subtracted one from the hit rolls um, for attacks uh, in cover. So that was pretty cool. So, so strong for Sylvan F. Really cool. Um, round two was uh, Shimon in the better part of Valor. And we had, I think it was, do we have Rust Plague? Um, Rust Plague. Yep. So they started hero phase on a six. Um, you can subtract. So that was pretty cool. Um, so I had the pleasure of playing your opponent, Liam. So I got to play Beth. So uh, Beth is a uh, an eleven year old um, gamer. She has been on the Road to CanCon series um, with her dad Andrew Bigwood. Um, so really cool story that Andrew and his daughter um, came to CanCon. Um, Beth had been at Sydney Slaughter at um, at Sydney GTs. She's been hanging out with her dad for uh, a number of tournaments. Um, uh, her mom is also a, a big blood ball player, so big gaming family. Um, but she's always been a watcher, never a player. And she took Seraphon. Um, so uh, so we had a really, really good game. Um, she took me out, so she won. So she did some pretty cool teleporting of uh, of skinks and some, some things behind the line. Um, we had a really good game. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So kudos to Beth. She she did a great, great um a great battle. Um, she didn't say, like... She's the first professional war gamer because she got paid for each win. <laughs> this is true. Uh, we found out uh, at the end of the game that Dad uh, was paying her ten bucks a victory, and um, she walked away with at least ten dollars. So um, yeah. we had a really cool game. First professional Warhammer player in Australia is Beth Bigwood. There you go. Well, she's not yeah. old enough to have a job yet. So that's that's exploiting a child for money, and I think I'm going to have to confiscate those ten dollars. Andrew's in the chat, so I think Andrew owes me at least five dollars out of that ten bucks. If <laughs> no, uh, in all seriousness, it was an awesome game, and um, I had a lot of fun. And I hope I, I see Beth at more events. By the way, the her army is beautifully painted. Yeah, I, I wish I could paint um, half as good as that when I was her age. So yeah, so uh, shout and- out to Beth. I wish I could paint half as good as that now. <laughs> so she wasn't happy though that I killed her, her slan and her. Um, she she kept get she kept um, having a go at me because I wasn't um, calling her skink priest uh, the right name. So uh, I'm by the way, do you say do you call it slan or slan? Uh, both, depending on slan, it, slan. See, I said slan. My oh, that's just slan. She goes, no, Liam, it's slan. And then she said, what well, she said, she's, yeah, the maturity level of a three-year-old, it's just, like, it's disgraceful. And she was, like, insulting me. I'm like, I don't know what to say to you. I yeah. think she's overestimating you there, Liam. Three-year-old yeah. is very generous. That's what I thought. She mm. was sassy. She was sassy. Oh, so sassy. Yeah, so you are down, Mago? Yeah, I'm down. So at the moment, Matt is up 2-0. Liam is up 2-0. Anthony is down 2-0. So, yep. uh, so going into game three, Matt, who are you playing? So I'll smash through it, but it through a funny turn of events, I was playing Elizabeth's boyfriend, uh, <laughs> Luke. So that was the Gloom Spike player I mentioned before. Uh, it was his first major tournament, he was telling me, and he kicked my butt. Honestly, 
I, I think I got 600 points out of him or something like that. I managed to kill uh, some fanatics, a few squigs, and um, a unit of 40 stabbers. And then the unit of 40 stabbers came back as a unit of 20 stabbers, which was rough. Um, but I think I managed to just go up on objectives early enough. And maybe that's part of... Um, that's part of the experience of going to a few tournaments is that, you know, it's always worth going up in the scenarios because then you force your opponent to start prioritizing, you know, oh, I won't make that charge even though I wish I could because I've got to go grab that objective. Um, so when, when it's always worth going up early on the scenario because you can sort of make your opponent do weird things. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I, I guess when we get to game four, I'll see if the, I'll see how you tested that strategy. But I would, I'd probably argue that that is the right play um, going in. And and by the way, in the chat, we see Beth Big Bigwood is in the chat, so um, she's giving giving us a bit of lip in the chat as well. So um, hello to that legend down there, absolute champion. That's not like belittling, like hello down there, like hello in the chat. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I clarify it. So game three, you're up against Luke. We're playing in Shayish. We're playing in uh, Border War is the, is the battle. And I think we had uh, Life Leeching was the was the um, the Realmscape feature. So, yeah. So, thing and takes D3 Mortal Wounds. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's correct. So, Matt, did you, did you win or did you lose? What was the result? Um, yeah, I, I got up. Uh, spoiler alert, it will become a bit of a theme. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I got the win. Um, but, like I say, only just and only on the scenarios. Those gobbers were definitely leaving the field in defeat, but those uh, corn boys were leaving the field, you know, d nursing some fairly severe wounds. What um what in Luke uh, Azami was gave you the most trouble? Was it the fanatics? Was it the grots with the nets? He had he had a hundred grots in that army, and so and he was doing a great job of keeping them within the uh, loon shrines um, bubble, so they weren't taking battle shock, and I knew that. Um, so I got a taste of my own medicine with my blood secreted banner. Um, so I knew that that was going to be so difficult. And so it was more a matter of holding my objective just about, taking the two side objectives and just trying to contain the grots so that they couldn't get out to the objectives. Um, but yeah, in terms of damage, the Mangler Squig, the Loon Boss on Mangler Squig was great. Um, and yeah, probably, probably the big units and the Fanatics inside them were the main damage as well as the uh, Loon King, because Luke ended up with about 73 command points by the end of the game. It was just insane. Yeah, I found myself, I think at one stage when I played Luke Stone, I had eight command points up my sleeve. So that was quite interesting when we were doing the, um, uh, the, the, the what's it called, the, the, stri the strike quickly, where you can um, prioritize to attack first, but... We had so much command points. We've just gone back and forth, and we spent so many. So um, super easy to, to get, generate points. So, Matt, 
you're up. You're at three nil right now. Liam, how'd you go? So, oh, my third game. Turn up to the table. I see Pat from Masters. Um, so pretty much anyone who doesn't know have haven't listened to the uh, Measure Gaming podcast or my podcast. Everyone would know that me and Pat had a bit of a hiccup at Masters, um, which left a foul taste for both of us. But man, this game was awesome. Um, we played Border War. He had his corn again, but he was running a battalion. I forgot it, but the Wrathmongers ignore Rend 1, um, which is awesome. Um, and I have not seen Wrathmongers since my first time playing Corn, like before they even had a book, and when there was like Corn Bloodbound book and a Corn book. Um, so that was like a long time ago. And so I just completely forgot what they did. Um, but uh, so if anyone doesn't know what Winterleaf does, I get to reroll hit rolls and wound rolls of one against Chaos. So this matchup is perfect for my army. Um, but yeah, I he stopped my summoning trees. So I only had three tree bases on the board, which is a super low for me. Like I've never had that like few because he just ordered dispelled with his blood secretor. Um, and pretty much I went to really go full alpha. I kind of played more defensive. Um, I just threw in Cone of Hunters in. And I threw 30 Dryads in, and I did quite a bit of damage to his Wrathmongers. Like, I killed the Colonel Hunters, um, wiped out his unit of 15 in first round of combat. Um, and Durfu's shooting. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, so pretty much that's how it went for me. I just started killing things quite quickly, like all these hard-hitting units. And then, yeah, so pretty much I, I was up quite early, and he threw in heaps of points at my Dryads. Um, he just couldn't kill the 30 Dryads for holding both my objective and the side objective, which was stopping him scoring for a turn or two. Um, but me and him were high-fiving. We're having a great time, so there's no bad blood between us. He's an absolute champ. Um, would love to play him again in future events. It was awesome. So, yeah, so I was up on that one. Nice. Awesome. So game three, um, I played a Zench army. Daniel, uh, I believe his name was, I've, I've lost my book, uh, super awesome, threw a lot of spells at me. Um, I just withered it, kind of got through and just kind of ground down and kind of um, it was basically combat versus magic. And uh, I basically just kept punching him through colossal um, troll hag. Um, so I got the major win there. So I was on the winner's circle. We're now, I'm, you're, Matt, you're at 3-0. and Liam, you're at 3-0. and uh, I'm at one and two. Um, game four, uh, and I, I'm conscious, guys, that Matt um, has another date as well, so we'll, we won't harper too long here. Um, game four, um, who are you up against, Matt? Uh, so I am playing uh, Matt Tyrell, Tyrell um, his Legion of Blood. Um, this one was a bit trickier because my tactic is always take out the general when playing legions because then you can kill their stuff without suffering setbacks um but he had a vampire lord on zombie dragon with ethereal amulet this time um so obviously super hard to kill what sort of swung it my way in this game was that set vampire lord on zombie dragon we found that was actually terrible at fighting stuff so even with additional attacks from legion of blood and the Vanilla Vampire Lord's uh, command ability and re-rolling all hits. Um, he did zero wounds to my Bloodthirster of Insensate Rage when he went into it. Um, and so 
the actual greasy gobbo ran towards me and I was just able to go up on the scenario early. So with some luckier rolling from Matt there and some less lucky rolling from me on my armor saves, it would have been a completely different game. So the outcome, major or minor? Uh, major. All yeah, right. major win. So you're at 4-0. Four 4-0. Nil. Four nil. Beautiful. Solid. Liam, who have, you, who have you got and, and what was that like? Uh, I went up against uh, Lee um, from New Zealand with his winter leaf with eels. So it was a silver nerf matchup, mirror match with battalions. Um, super interesting. I was pretty much bringing up some highlights. Finished deploying. And most times with silver nerf, you go first. But since relocating, you score more points for going second. Um, so I went to him to go first. And he was a little bit shocked about that because... He wasn't, he, the way he deployed was pretty much like a retaliation deployment, I think. He wasn't ready to take the turn, if that makes sense. Um, so he pretty much went cool. He had deployed. I realized I left a bit of a hole in my back area where he could deploy his eels. Um, and they went in and tried to kill my branch rape with regrowth and Durfu. And he just didn't do enough damage and they just got wiped out in that round of combat. Um, pretty much he was getting up on points. He kept scoring one and one and one, and he was stopping me scoring three for two turns. And then at the final turn, um, we, I got it, but then we realized afterwards that we were playing it wrong. It's heroes with artifacts or wizards within three, not six. So I went down from a minor win to a major loss. Um, and that was it really. So yeah, so I pretty much, it was an awesome game. We wish we had more time. Me and him have both agreed now that when I go over to New Zealand, um, we're going to make some time to play a nice, casual, competitive kind of game with no time limit, few drinks going around and playing a solid game. So, yeah, because he really, he like he heard about my episode of Magro um, with Sylvaneff and stuff, and he goes, you have brought up awesome points and you're an awesome player. He's an awesome player. Um, so he really wanted to play another game where we just don't have the stress of time, which I think is a huge thing with Sylvaneff, like two Sylvaneff mirror matchups two hours and 45 minutes is not enough time since we yeah, have to be sure. very we have to be very intricate so that's a loss for me but two thumbs up for lee for being an absolute champ and an awesome player sounds like yeah. there's a revenge match coming soon a hundred percent so yeah. speaking of revenge matches i got paired up round four with blake kerwick who i had played blake uh two years ago at uh at the rcgt 2017 where uh, we got paired up second last game um, going into the finals. Uh, he had 27 Skyfires. I was running around with my free people with a Carmine Dragon. Um, I killed 15 of his Skyfires in a single round of combat. So he was out for blood. He was running Flesh Eater Courts. I was running uh, my Moon Clan or my Gloom Spite. Uh, turn one, he ran his three Ghoul Kings on Terror Geist into my face then summoned nine Crypt Horrors behind my line and then charged. Massive, massive combat uh, that happened. It took about three or four turns. Um, I broke through it. Um, all while this was happening, uh, my Trogoth Hag and Arcan the Black were chasing the relocating orb. Um, and at the end of turn four, after I smashed through, eventually kind of weeding down um, all of his monsters and his good stuff, um, I was able to claim the major there. So... Um, all the minuses to hit in my army from the Trogoth Hag to the um, the Colossal Squig, the Mangler Squig, you name it, everything had a minus one. Um, that really kind of ground down his army and it, it was quite challenging. So 
Um, super awesome game. If you haven't seen his army, it's a converted Seraphon army into a Flesh Eater Quartz army. It's wicked. Um, so I, you, I was up. Did you get confused with what was what? No, because they were on large bases. So yeah. he had a very mm. small army. So he only had ghouls. Um, he had Crypt Horrors. And then he had his Ghoul Kings on Terror Geists, which were all on the large bases. So yeah. um, it was it was quite clear to a degree. Cool. So that was round four. That was uh, Ina Squishy, and we we're playing uh, Relocating Orb. Um, round five, we've got Guy Ran, Knife to the Heart. Matt, how'd you go? Just quickly, is that how we pronounce it? It's Guy Ran. A squishy realm. A squishy. I like it. Everyone, we're going to call it R Squishy. Hashtag R Squishy. What do we, what do we pronounce it? I don't know. I, I always thought it was Akshai, but now I'm going to read read uh, the initial, like, Corgus Cool books um, about how he's the, like, raper of a squishy and stuff like that. How he's, like, like a, a bloodthirsty conqueror in a squishy. Uh, squishy. I like it. I like it. It's a lot better, but... Anyway, I, feel I, feel, I feel very huggy, like a squishy, like, oh, it's all like nice and uh, yeah, fiery and we all hug <laughs> and uh, keep warm. Yeah, warm. Keep cuddle because it's so cold over there for baseball Raiders. It's a squishy realm. Um, um, cool. So round five, I had the privilege of playing Ryan Kirby's Beast of Chaos. Very heavily Bulgore and Warherd sort of centered. Uh, so he had the formation, the Hungering Warherd, and oh my days, that stuff kicks out like a lot of damage. So um, he, I took the first turn because uh, I sort of wanted to pressure his gores and sort of try and keep him in with um, my Flesh Hounds, which I did to an extent. I sort of took out most of that gore unit, but then he double turned me back with. Um, his well, bulgors and Senkor, uh, and gorgons and doom bull and stuff like that. Um, so that like really hurt. Um, and honestly, I thought this was the way the run comes to an end, uh, because Ryan was just smashing up my army, but I managed to keep my Wrath of Corn Thurster alive and just sort of picking on ungors and stuff so he could do a massive. 20-inch run and charge, big charge over to the Bulgors who were babysitting his back objective. Uh, it was a knife to the heart, by the way. Um, and I was able to summon, using Blood Tithe, five doggos. They were able to make a charge on. And after the Bloodthirster had smashed up some Bulgors, I managed to control Ryan's objective, I think, in the fifth battle round. Uh, and just about edged that game. It was super, super close. So it was Solid. close. And by the way, the Realmscape feature was uh, Life Spring. So we got to choose a hero and give it an additional wound um, characteristic. So uh, I really like that, turning a goblin from six to seven. Um, so pretty close, almost, almost lost it, but you're able to muscle your way to victory. Just, yeah. So, so Matt's up. Five nil. Cool. Um, so my game five, this is going to be super quick. I'm as Luke McFarlane, I think it is. He's from Brizzy. We played at Runax, our team event, with my daughters. So I think this is a bit of a revenge game for him because 
he learnt the hard way about daughters, and now with my Sylvan F. Um, he had 60 Grimgast Reapers. Um, anyone who knows me, I hate them in Legions and the Gash. I don't and you didn't put a long. tweet up, like, before the event saying that. So <laughs> like, something like there was 610... And, There's 610 like, Grimgast Reapers, and only 110 of them are in Nighthaunt. Yes, guys, AOS that steel. is... Yeah, that crutch, that crutch. But he's an absolute champ. Um, let's just say this. He had that spell from death where you draw a line and any four up, um, they take D6 mortal wounds. Uh, the spell went off twice, so he rolled two four ups. He made two four ups with Derfu and did 11 mortal wounds to him. Um, so that was cool. And he killed him straight away. And then he killed my Chrono Hunters at the same time, all in turn one. We roll for turn two priority. This all happened in turn one. Roll for turn two priority. He won it. I conceded because the rest of his force can re-roll to hit against my whole army because everything is five or more models. Winner. So, yeah, that's how quick my game went, and it went for 25 minutes. <laughs> Ouch. And, I, and by the way, it seems like I've triggered the internet, both uh, Tim, the Aussie Wargamer, who's a teacher, and Deke, who is the, the one of the lords of, of Sigma, have both told me that the way you pronounce it is not as in a hug, like Axwishy. Uh, we're not we're calling, it, we're calling it that. It's called Akshi. Akshi. Oh. Yeah, so it's like AK and then I don't, like I don't care. She. I like I like a squishy so much. No, better. we're we're going with a squishy. A squishy. All right. From now on in this in this video series, you've got to call it a squishy. We're calling it a squishy every single on. time. All right. So um, all right, hear, hear that internet, you're wrong, I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my game five, I was down. Um I had to explain to Luke when I conceded it's not you, it's your army, because he thought it was about him, but it was his army. I just don't enjoy playing it. And I myself, if anyone knows me, I'm not a huge fan of it. But I know the internet also agrees with me about Grimgush Reapers, how they're in Legions. So I'm glad I don't, I'm not alone in this. But yeah. he's an absolute legend. I personally hate it when someone's army is just impossible to kill, smashes you up. It's just not, it's not fun to play against. Um, Daughters of Cain, Hagnar player, Liam, Burnett Blue. Um, sorry. At least I admit for mine's like, okay. Before we get into this and we'll move on, at least I knew my, I knew that my army was bullshit. I agree. Um, and <laughs> I'm I pretty sure Luke, those Grimgarth players also know they're bullshit. Oh, no. Yeah. They, I, they're, not, I they're not sitting Luke, here thinking that they're skinks. I asked if you've Luke, got a my, bullshit list, that's cool. Just own your bullshit. Yeah, he did. And I, was, I respected that. And I honestly just didn't want to play a game um, where I just watched him just come in and reroll a hit and wound my whole entire army. That's just not what I wanted to come to KenCon for. I just like, cool. Here you go. So I spent the rest of the round watching everyone else's games, which, by the way, was absolutely awesome fun because I watched awesome shit happen in every single person's game. So it was a win-win for me. I mean, a win-loss for me. So I'm down three and two. So Liam's down, but moral victory up. So oh, moral victory up. Oh, victory. Uh, I got often to... he gets some moral victory. <laughs> Let's yeah. not trigger Liam in our first episode. Um, my game, my game five was an awesome game. So I got to play Andrew from the failed charge up in Queensland. Um, he was running a fire slayer army and, um, it was such a good game, but the poor bastard was at minus three to minus four in combat almost the entire game. Um, he's, he's, he, uh, basically he charged me with his hearth guard berserkers. Um, I killed them in about by the, by the top of turn two. So 30, 30 dead, uh, and then my army just kind of proceeded to uh, my 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 loon king on um, 
on my loon boss on, on Mangle Squig. Kind of just like bounced, uh, hit it, killed his, um, his magma dragon, then kind of bounced on the objective. And I kind of claimed it by turn three. So, um, it was a really tough battle. I don't think he was expecting uh, what I did to him. Um, but uh, we had an awesome game and he was an awesome player. So I'd met him up in Toowoomba a few months ago, but never got to play him. So um, I'm up now. Yay. Nice. Uh, and, and now game five. So, sorry, round six. Sorry, round six, we're, we're playing in Home stretch. And we're playing focal points. It is game six, the first time we've ever done this up in Australia. Uh, focal points. Matt, how did this go? This was the one I was convinced, like, Every other time this tournament, I've been like, yeah, I've got a fighting chance here. But, of course, I wait till I get on the stream. Uh, the perfect one to impress people, show them how good corn are, everyone's no watching. First time on the stream? Get... You weren't on the master stream, were you? Yeah, it was. I was, but I was playing Chris Tot. So, like, That's right. That's wasn't right. as much pressure there because I'm playing someone I play literally every, like, week, it seems. So, but, so, but you didn't play Matt this time. This is like the first event ever that you yeah. And this Matt is the first event you guys up. have never been matched up. Yeah, didn't didn't even play. Barely spoke to the guy. <laughs> he had his <laughs> girlfriend walking around with him, so I think he got distracted. Yeah, but um, yeah. On the stream, I wait till then to play a billion Arcanaut company with Light Skyhook and Alex's list, which was. Super, super cool. Great to see KO back at the top tables. Um, He had Thunderers. He had a Frigate. No Ironclad, but it was still Zilfin. I knew that it was going to be painful going into it in terms of the models I lost. Um, But I think I was able to screen well enough that when he dropped, he just killed my dogs. And then I was able to movement shenanigan enough to get after his thunder is and if you want the details of the game um it's all on the honest war game is stream yeah uh i think that should be posted up on his youtube channel i think yeah it's on so youtube and twitch that's yeah. super cool um but uh, really it came down to the fact that i was able to secure the first two priority roles and that just meant that i was able to take out a lot of his stuff because once he's dropped down KO are super, super slow unless they include engine riggers. So I knew that my corn was so much quicker and I would be able to sort of wear him down and eventually take home the win. So you stopped Cancron. I stopped Cancron. I I am the bad guy here because Alex is such a cool dude. His, His dwarfs were like the plucky underdogs that could um and unfortunately the evil corn uh sent them back to their sky holds with only one arcanaut company member surviving to keep the family business going you're a cruel bastard Liam, leave one alive it. leave one alive so they tell the tales to the dwarfs back home go dead man's cre- tell no tales create a sky a sky grudge book absolutely i am firmly in that book of grudges can I ask, is shooting meta coming back? Do you I think, think it I think shooting never became unpowerful. People saw one little debuff and freaked out. Uh, I'm not sure the meta's gonna come back fully, but I think that makes the rare guy who does have a shooting army better. 
because yeah, people aren't preparing for it. They aren't building for it. So if you're looking for your little niche in the community up at those top tables, I think a shooting list will, it'll do work. Good to know from Agro's Free Guild. Well, look, yeah. Look, look, you've seen it, right? We saw it at Masters. We saw Dave Kurd use the ballistas quite well. Um, you know, obviously I experienced it with um, with Luke Stone with his just pure volume of 160 attacks per per shooting phase. So um, shooting is definitely a thing. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it evolves, but um, fascinating. Liam, how did you go get, uh, game six? I versed uh, Jordan Goodchild and his Stormcast. Um, this is a rematch for what I did to him at your event at Sydney GT. Um, I would like to say this game was pretty much a very casual game. I was very um, mm -hmm. just chiller and relaxed with it. Um, and I was very helpful for him. He deployed. And then I realized that he left me a few gaps where I could score eight points, like score maximum points first two rounds without even trying and not even have to charge. So I asked him nicely to redeploy some of his units so I don't do that to him just because I didn't want to do that to a guy who clearly just didn't know what I was like, what Sylvaneth was capable of. Um, but overall, the game in the end, um, he just, he got the win by turn four. I was up, but he had to win the game on turn four by pretty much getting all, all the objectives, um, which was cool. Um, I was not expecting to go for turn four turns. I was only expecting to go for three, but he wanted to go for a fourth round because yeah, but I was pretty much at this point of the weekend where I was like, cool, I've already lost two games. I'm happy to lose another. I've done my part. The, like haven't done an outburst or anything and he was a champion like he's an absolute champ to talk to albert honestly great hobbyist his army looks beautiful he paints them in vindicators and plays them as vindicators so um hobby points yeah. for him yeah hobby points for him he doesn't find he doesn't he paints what he paints the storm he likes and runs in the one that he likes so huge points for him for that and yeah so um that was my game i got that was a down um, he just yeah he just beat me because we went for a fourth round in 20 minutes right cool so, yeah, but i'm i'm not salty about it or anything i was like that's cool um everyone wants that last win for a high and that's what we did. so yeah awesome so my game six i got to play uh brogan clock uh, i was originally matched up with another iron jaws player however uh, Brad Baker and Brogan Clark had already played each other in game two, so they kind of swapped the opponents. So uh, I got to play Brogan. We had a really good battle. Uh, he was playing Iron Jaws. Um, I uh, did some shenanigans and kind of teleported Grotz. Uh, however, the uh, the stacking of the Warg and um, I can't remember the name, Matt, you probably know this, uh, where the um, when they kill something, they can then kind of activate another. Gnashing and bashing. That's the one. So between the stacking of wags and then the gnashing and bashing. Gnashing. Um, what? This is a, a squishy all over again. It's squishy. Oh, my, people get angry at you. Smashing and squishing. Yes. Squishy. My army was squishy. It was squishy <laughs> in a squishy by gnashing and bashing. Um, so it was a really good game. He had kind of taken on the objectives. Uh, by that turn three, it was kind of the, the lead had kind of broken, but I did take him to the, to the full five and I made him work for his kill points. So uh, I, ended, I ended my campaign on three and three, lots of lessons learned from Gloomspite. Matt, at this point, did you know you were the winner of CanCon at the, before the award ceremony or were you nervous as shit? 
I was nervous as shit, even though Rob, Nathan, and Dan Say were yelling at me, and Dan from AOS Shorts was yelling at me, telling me that I'd won, and I was like, I'm not going to believe it until Clint tells me. Like, until I have that sword in my hand, it's not real. So, yeah, I, I I was aware that I was the only guy on six majors, but um, you know what I'm like. I was like, oh, I probably ended up with zero sports. So, you know, it's... It, <laughs> no, at, at least you're like, I'm probably, I am probably did. Yeah, I, I'm one now, of those guys. Now, how, so now how big is your sword? Sorry? How big is your sword? Like, I haven't measured. Um, my, my missus could tell you, but it depends whether she's happy or angry at me. Yeah. Right, so Nathan Prince, that was uh, your question. We don't know how big Matt's sword is. I'm sure if you swipe uh, right on Tinder, I'm sure you might it. find out. A um, couple of other questions while we've got you. Uh, with Bloodletters being nerfed, this is from Bradley Baker. So while Bloodletters being nerfed, are we going to see more Skull Reapers and Wrathmongers from Corn Players? Uh, would love to hear your thoughts. I think so. I, I think... I think demons have always been the strongest, like actual units in that book. But I, I predict some nerfs for demons continuing. Um, so I think you're going to see mortals a lot. Hot tip: I think you're going to see beasts a lot. Uh, Bloodstokers with bestigors. They they will do some moving for you, and they hit hard when they do. So I, I think you will see a lot more mortals. I think you will see a lot more beasts, and you're going to see corn go into a really cool place. Sick. Chris Todd has a double question. Who was your sword, sword's first victim, and do you want your terrain back? Jet. And no, he, he gives me lifts to tournaments anyway, so he can hold on to it. Uh, Tim Barclay said, does Matt have any favorite hobby hacks? Hobby hacks, geez. Um, yeah, the really great. cool one. Uh, it's called Known Oil and Agrax Earthshade, and it can make even me look like a good painter. I've heard rumors you don't use blood for the blood god, you actually use real blood. Yeah, so each of my opponents, um, I make them give me a vial of real blood, and then that's what goes on my next unit. Amazing. Um, um we're about to- we're almost done, but um, what's the future plans for this year in tournament scene and armies quickly? Uh, so the spiders need to get done. Yep. So I've always played Spider Fang as a cool, like, 1K army. But then with Gloom Spike coming up, I've got some plans to expand them to 2K. Yep. And then just keep the corn boys going. You know, cool. spill more awesome. blood, take more skulls, get going. Sick. And Matt, my final question before you run off and do an amazing podcast with the Heralds of War. So check that out. Uh, It's being recorded straight after this, and I don't know when it's being released. But my last question for you before before you drop off is if I was or anyone watching this stream wants to win a major event like CanCon, like any significant event, what would be your one piece of advice to, to anyone wanting to win a tournament? Build your list to be balanced. Build something you're go towards something that you are not going to mind playing for six months. Don't don't go out and get, you know, spam the same unit over and over again. Build something that's going to be fun, that can grow with you, 
because when you go to win a tournament, especially something as big as CanCon, you have to play the numbers games. You're not going to win every tournament unless your name's Dave Kerr. It just doesn't happen. Um, but you've just, you know, you're going to have to play a bunch of tournaments to ever, you know, progress and get to that final stage. So I've been playing the corn for like a year and a half at this stage. And this was the first major tournament that I managed to win with them. So just, just pick something you love, pick the army you love, be the Paul Grixity that we all want to be. Pick an army you love, play it loads, and the wins will come. Yeah, and I, I like you know, Matt, Matt and I played at the Masters 2017. So at minimum, Matt's been playing this army since December 2017. And I know you've been playing it longer than that. So yeah. it's this is not a fairy tale. This is not something to just, you know, you build a list or you find an internet list and you are going to win an event. Um, this is something that you've worked really hard for. And, um, you know, I'm... The, the moment I heard you win, you know, so incredibly proud that uh, you had won it. You know, I couldn't think of a nicer guy who um, who deserves it. Anthony, you're making me feel all the squishy inside. Well, I squish you with the, the crashing, bashing and smashing. And, and <laughs> I'll think of some other words for my, my, my age of Sigma rhyme. Uh, yeah. But, Matt, if you need to drop off, dude, uh, anything you want to say, any shout outs before you you leave us and we, we um, go to the last segment? Shout out to uh, Clan Filth, uh, the whole Sydney scene, especially Australia, sort of as an expansion there. And then also shout out to all the guys in the Blades of Corn group. Keep going and we will fully take over this meta, lads. Love it. Just after he's told us he's going to destruction. So, yeah, just uh, goes like, nah, just because Corn's going to take over, but I'm going to go do Gloom Spite. I've done my bit. Yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt has paved the way in blood. It's now up to you, Corn Generals, to continue uh, the, the smashing and bashing. Yeah, get on it, lads. Matt, it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, I, I'm sure we're going to have you on the channel again. Uh, no. The chat loves you. We just don't have enough time. Uh, we could probably speak to you for, for hours. Um, thank it's you very much. Me from next year's CanCon if I do that. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, but <laughs> The last thing I, I want to start talking about, uh, Liam and I, we're going to talk about some of the around the ground. So what's happening in Australia, a couple of shout outs. So from a content, a See content, it is it. Bye guys. From a, a content creator point of view, what's, what's around the grounds in Australia. Um, so there's going to be plenty of podcasts. Liam, have you heard of any podcast filming or recording for, for this event? I do know that the dwellers, AOS shorts, um, Sean from Notorious, Clint, and <laughs> Rob and Nathan all recorded straight after CanCon. So I do know there's going to be one epic episode straight about coming about this week, most likely. Um, sorry for the airplane that's coming past. I live near an airport. Um, but yeah, I reckon um, that's going to be a huge episode. Um, and also AOS Shorts did some epic coverage. Like he, he was writing nonstop. So... Yeah, um, that's pretty much all I know for coverage for post CanCon at the moment, and then Clint recording an episode now. So keep keep an eye out for uh, so AOS Shorts, the blog. He's done a whole heap of um, of articles that have covered all of the events. So check it out. Um, the Honest War Gamer. You can find all the the event the uh, the six games on YouTube and Twitch. So you can catch yep. up. Definitely check uh, check Matt's game out, Game Six. Um, 
Big shout out to Doom of Darkness who recorded over 12 hours of list reviews with some amazing guests from Australia and globally. So we had Vince Venturella, we had, um, uh, we had, Haywell uh, Twitch. Haywell Twitch. We've had, you know, Dan Brewer and Chris Welfare and you know, we've had Gemma. some really cool, really, really, really cool people. Uh, Gemma, um, Tumbling Dice, Keith, uh, Tumbling Dice, sorry, Keith just put up a battle report. So, um, check that out if you want to see Beasts of Chaos versus Iron Jaws. Um, so lots of stuff's kind of happen. I'm sure everyone else is going to want to have their share of CanCon. Um, and then we've got, we got some events coming up. So, um, so uh, many, so many events. So a couple of quick shouts we've got in February, we've got the hall of heroes in Sydney, uh, that's 16 yep. and 17th of Feb. Um, yep. in March, we've got saggy or, or sorry, S A G T or saggy T, um, which is going to be great. Um, yep. we've got, Con, we've got border wars and BrizzCon in April. Uh, so there's one in Brisbane, one in Albury, and one in Adelaide. And then there's a shitload between May, June, July. So throughout the year, yeah. there's at least one, if not two, tournaments at minimum um, across the country. And Liam, any of that you want to shout out or you're going to go to in particular? I am about to probably pay for my ticket for Notorious, like Sean's event, Notorious, over in New Zealand. Because, my God, I love the Kiwis. They are absolute champions. That's in um, That's in May, right? That's in May. I uh, haven't got the date exactly. I'll double check it. Um, I'll share it on Twitter and stuff on my thing, Shatterhammer. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty keen to go to that um, just to see what their meta's like. Um, seeing Seth, Fraser, and Sean's and Lee's list and stuff, I was like, this is interesting what you guys are doing. Um, so I'll be keen to see what the rest of the country does. Um, and hang out with that awesome champ, um, AOS Shorts again, Dan. He was a absolute gents to hang out with i think there's um, going to be a big well. collaboration between australia and new zealand i think this was just the start yeah. um we had so much fun and i think next next fortnight so i think we're going to aim for this from a fortnightly point of view but yep. if there's popularity and this seems to go well and we get good feedback so you know if you've hung on hung along this long um leave some comments in the comment section if you've enjoyed this and we'll aim to go fortnightly but if there's enough demand we may even go weekly so uh let's see there's lots of cool people in the community lots of cool um stuff happening would love to showcase as much as possible um yeah. but i think next episode i think we definitely get some of the kiwi boys on to talk a bit about their experience um the day before cancon liam and i had played in something called the trans tasman cup which was a a five on five rivalry that stems all the way back to the warhammer fantasy days yeah. um between australia and new zealand that was really cool and we won't give much away no, um, I'm trying to think what else other events there are. There's Dwellers Below event in June, yeah, um, which is also a huge shout out to them. I think it's like a 70 person event, and they almost sold out in 24 hours. I think they have sold out. They sold out. No, um, they have sold out, tickets. but they have sold out. But they only had five tickets left in less than 24 hours. Yeah. So a huge shout out to them. That's a huge achievement for a podcast that was very um, down low for a while after Fantasy blew up. Now they've come back and that event just blew up so much hype and everything. I'm super keen for it. Um, I'm super excited to go to South Australia and see what they're doing as well. Uh, um, I'm jealous. So I'm going to Adepticon uh, around that weekend. Is, so I'd love, but I think the saggy, saggy tea, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, they're going to have a ball. I know tickets are already on sale for Sydney slaughter. I know um, lots of, uh, uh, sorry, a border wars, um, their guys are probably almost halfway selling. So they're just, they're just past halfway, I think, or maybe just on halfway. So 
So uh, get a ticket for that as well. Narrative. There's a, a, Australia's first large narrative event run by Luke Stone happening in July. So there's a lot of events. I might throw something in the comment section. Um, make sure to grab your tickets. Uh, they will sell out like CanCon. Um, the, the momentum's high. Everyone's excited. Uh, people are always looking for more. Uh, and I would expect lots, uh, lots of other events and lots of cool stuff to come in the future. Yeah. Also, do you know about the failed charge guys are also thinking about doing some events. So also check out for their stuff as well. Um, they're awesome. Uh, they're just an awesome crew as well. Um, and huge shout out to Gemma and Dennis and Travis and I forgot the guys, other guy's name who helped out. Ty, there was Ty and you also Ty, had, uh, Sam we, also, we had Sam O'Neill as well, who, um, who were the assistant TEOs and did a, an incredible job. So, um, yeah, big props to them, Liam. Thanks for. Yeah. Like I don't, I think Clint, if he didn't have that big of a team, I think he would have been the most stressful human being in the world. Um, a big shout to Clint who, um, who really rallied this whole idea and has been a driving force. So um, respect and, from us. and huge shout out to Rob and Nathan and anyone else who put money in to send them guy, those guys over here. They were awesome guys to just quickly have a chat to and hang out with and they love Australians. They yeah. love Australians. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, uh, people who have followed this channel uh, would have seen that Rob um, had got up at two o'clock in the morning to be on a stats show with myself and LLV. Um, Rob and Nathan, like I was impressed. Like Liam, you have a good time with them. Oh, great time. Um, Rob and Nathan knows how to drink. That's for sure. Um, but he's absolute champ. Um, and the fact that they kept talking and you could hear where the voices are going, they are just so passionate about their jobs that they just go, nothing can stop us. We're going to keep going. Um, and yeah, so huge shout out to them and their team, Dan say, and again, AOS shorts for the awesome coverage. Um, I may have offered, them. I may have offered Rob and Nathan, um, a bed at Adepticon. So I may check at my hotel to make sure I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but That'd be awesome no, to hang out with them again. They were they were incredible. Um, if you guys aren't watching um, uh, the Honest, Honest Wargamer, War Gamer, uh, check them out. Those guys live, breathe, sleep. They drink Warhammer. They absolutely love it. They are fueled on it. And um, you know, they, they they you know at the start when they say that you know they're driven by the community, you're like, eh, is this really an angle? No, these guys oh. are. Rob, Rob was absolutely amazed, but he was like, what am I going to do for internet? Because CanCon was going to charge them like $700 for like Wi-Fi. And everyone just stood there and looked at Rob and just said, just use our phone. Like you can use our phone. Like we don't care. And just to save him the $700 because we know it's his money. And we go, we want, we want to help you in the best way possible. And he was just like absolutely amazed that people actually put their hands up to help him out. So um, huge shout out to the supportive community that's supporting Honest Wargamer that supports us. So it's like a never-ending cycle. Big love. And look, there's lots of other events coming up. We've got some Savage Northmen up in Cairns. You've got Gladstone's got games. We're going to put all of the events that I'm aware of with a Facebook link uh, in the comment section below. If you want to see something on this show, if there's something that you'd like covered that we haven't covered yet, maybe it's some uh, hobby progress from people or you want to see our photos or whatever you want to see, let us know. Give us feedback. This is the very first episode. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. We're trying something different. We're always up I for community feedback. Um, I loved it. Um, I think we nailed it for the first guest. Matt did a killer job. So, Matt, when you watch back at this, killer job. And um, definitely check out Herald's. I'm sure that's going to be a tactical, um, tactical spectacular between yeah. um, him and I believe Adam Burt are going to be going head and head. So last year's CanCon winner, this year's CanCon winner could be, um, could, be so. could be an episode.
One for the um, ages. I do know that I'll be recording an episode soon, most likely with Ash and some of the Clan Filth crew. Um, anyone who doesn't heard about this, Ash rocked up with a heavy named character, Nighthaunt list, and he went five to one. Yeah, who sure. said Nighthaunt uh, can't do it? Yeah, who needs 30 Grimgust Reapers when you can just have one unit of each unit and do well? So um, I'm keen to record that episode with the lads, with the champs, and um, and also recording with some people who weren't there for gaming really, but there for hobby, like Ben Spinetti and stuff with his beautiful Deepkin. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of post content, which I'm super excited to hear, listen, look at, um, and yeah. Awesome. Well, this is one of the first of, of CanCon's content. Liam, yep. thank you for being on the first episode. Matt, thank you for being on the first episode. Everyone in the chat, thank you very much for your full participation and the questions and the ideas and the banter. Guys, couldn't do it without you. Uh, probably next next fortnight will be the next episode, but who knows if you guys are, like, uh, frothing in the mouth for more. We'll sort it out. Could be could be an everyday thing. Guys. Uh, Every day? <laughs> no, I think I'll get sick of my voice. Uh, Have a great Whip Wednesday. Uh, Enjoy your hobby. And until next time, happy wargaming. Peace.